Hey, what up Long Beach? Happy New Year. We are back in a big way with the one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast that features the one and only Athletics Director Andy Fee. It is the LB Fee Show as always. It is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and to my right... Mike Gardabasio, uh, this show will become a quick programming note on the LB Fee Show. We will have another episode next week. We usually go every other week, but because of the holiday in two weeks, we'll have another episode out on January 15th, and then we'll be back to every other week. Uh, we're going to be joined a little bit later by men's and women's basketball players here at Long Beach State, Naomi Hunt, Temidayo Youssef. But before we get to all that, we're going to talk about the top 10 moments of 2018. we got to bring on Andy Fee. It's your show, Andy. Welcome. Happy New Year, guys, and uh, Happy New Year to LB Nation. Happy New Year, Andy. How was the holiday break? Uh, it was great. You know, relatively quiet. You know, it's never completely quiet. No, but, no, uh, no it isn't. <laughs> we had a few few less home events and uh, really just got to hang out here in town and hang out with my parents and in-laws and just uh, kind of catch up on uh, just, you know, catching my breath. That's a good that's a good phrase though. Sorry Mike, that's a yeah. good phrase. Catching your breath is a good phrase because 2018 was a roller coaster of emotions for anyone in black and gold. No doubt. As a quick side note, we're here. It's a very sleepy campus because you guys are a semester school, so you get the I think six weeks right between the the uh, the two semesters. You've been at schools where they've been on the quarter system, where you just get right back into it after two weeks. How much better? I think it's so much better for the student athletes here to get that break, where like your men's volleyball players and your basketball players look much less tense <laughs> than at any other time of the year because they get this break in between. How, how good do you think it is for them uh, to have that downtime? Yeah, there, there's always pros and cons. You know, the, the pros are that right now, as you mentioned, those teams are being able to just to focus on the court uh, and their athletic activities. Um, you know, a, a con is that, you know, our students are away. So, you know, that affects attendance at, at our games. But uh, directly related to the student athletes, it is good, in my opinion, having the semester versus the quarter. So, 2018 in the books, like I said, a lot of feels. So, let's count down the top 10 moments of 2018. You got to start number 10 with the quote unquote number five Long Beach State Beach volleyball team. Uh, despite being ranked number five for pretty much the entire season, Long Beach State was not among the top eight teams in the nation who were invited to the tournament and Gulf Shores. We talked about this already on this show last year. I'm still mad about we're it. We're still angry. <laughs> we're still steaming. I, I know you took the uh, the political correct road that's not necessarily high or low, but would you like to add another comment? Because I know this program is coming back here this year, well-funded and hungry. Yeah, you know, uh, I guess, you know, still kind of a head-scratcher in terms of, uh, as, I, as I think back to that, uh, that puzzlement, but you know, the positives are that, you know, we hired Mike Campbell as our full-time, the first full-time head coach in beach volleyball history here at Long Beach State. And, you know, we're, gonna, we're funding scholarships. And, you know, as I think about it and say to myself, well, if, if last year didn't work, how do we make sure that we don't find ourselves in that scenario? So, you know, we're going to put ourselves in a better position moving forward. Uh, number nine, we go uh, out onto the golf course where Joe Fryer was first team All Big West. Obviously, the uh, the the Fryer having a great year. Uh, JJ particularly, I know, enjoyed following uh, following along with him throughout the season. You can tell when a golfer's about to hit his stride, and it seemed like Joe Fryer was right there all last spring, which was really cool. And then he went up there to UC Santa Barbara, your old stomping grounds, yep. and uh, and won that collegiate, which is a tough course to play. I don't know if you've ever. 
gotten yeah, a chance. Yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful. But when the wind gets up, uh, there's there's times I've been out there and uh, at a tournament where they've actually stopped play because <laughs> the, the wind was moving golf balls on the greens. So <laughs> uh, you could say uh, you have to really know what you're doing when you're out there to, to play well. And Joe. Um, now being a senior is really hitting his stride, as you just said. And I think not only for a collegiate player, but moving forward, he's got a, a really bright future playing golf. The next Paul Goidos, maybe. Number eight, market eight, Dirtbag's uh, two-way star, we'll call him, Clayton Andrews, made Big West history at the plate, on the mound. He was one of the toughest, if not the toughest kid, to strike out in the entire nation. And yet, he could only get the first-team Big West nod. No superlative for Clayton Andrews. I'll, I'll never get over it. I don't know if that's just me, but uh, he was one of the coolest stories overall in Big West baseball last year, let alone one of the best players. Anyways, I'll just, I'll just leave that one there. Yeah, he, uh, he had an amazing season and something that you just don't see, I was going to say very often, if at all. So, uh, you know, again, sometimes you're on, the, on, on the, the receiving end of those great accolades, and sometimes you're on the outside looking in, and this was one where I think we were definitely on the outside looking in. I mean, what's the future of baseball? Strikeouts, right? He led the conference in strikeouts on the mound, and he was the hardest to strike out at the plate. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Uh, JJ really has not gotten over that. Just name an award after him. <laughs> number, <laughs> number seven, certainly uh, one of the top ten stories, biggest ten stories, uh, the Dan Munson contract extension. Uh, which we covered uh, a lot with you guys. Uh, sort of interesting still to me the way you you rolled it out. I loved the going in-depth with you and with Dan about the thought process behind it and everything else. Um, but obviously that's sort of the premier job, one of the premier coaching jobs here, and uh, and keeping Dan as the face of that program, uh, a very big story. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, we are in a good position. I know there's still fans out there that disagree with my decision, but um, you know, I, I, I point um, to the immediacy of one of the rewards of, of naming Dan uh, in a long-term contract is the recruiting class that we have coming in. I think this class has the potential to be one of the best um, that Dan's recruited here at Long Beach State. I mean, you're talking 7'1", 6'11", 6'11", 6'9", 6'5", 6'5". I mean, this is a big lineup that he's got coming in. Uh, Trevor Irish, 7'1", is going to have three years of eligibility. Um, he's a player that can be absolutely dynamic in the Big West, um, and it'll—you know—it's not an overnight flip per se. But I mean, that class is going to have an impact, and you know, the kids that they've had on campus, uh, you know, last uh, last fall—it sounds weird to say last fall, but last <laughs> fall, uh, you know, we had two top 100 kids on campus. So, um, you know, I think the ability for the coaching staff to point to stability and being here uh, for the next years um, really allows them to, to get these kids to come here and, and understand because kids want to know who they're going to play for. Right. And if you're in a short term contract, you know, that's going to kill your recruiting because every other coach is going to point to the fact, don't go there. You're not going to play for, for Coach Munson. So we've got coach here in a long term contract and I'm really excited. I think it's worth noting we don't really talk that much about recruiting on this show, uh, likely in part because JJ and I as reporters are allowed to talk about a lot more things than you, you as the athletic director are. But uh, it is worth noting that the incoming class for men's basketball, men's volleyball, women's volleyball, women's basketball, there are a lot of game-changing recruits kind of across the campus uh, that we're pretty excited to see over the next couple of years. Yeah, and the water polo team got one last year too, so that's exciting as well. The number six Long Beach State story of 2018 
It's got to be the softball team making history yet again. We are in like this golden age of softball here at Long Beach State under head coach Kim Souter. They make the tournament again, seventh time in 12 years. They set multiple records. They got another All-American, the fifth in program history with Taylor Rowland. So softball turning it around, but really it's felt like a couple years coming. Like they've built this momentum, and now they are with Cal State Fullerton, the top of the Big West Conference. Yeah, you know, Kim Souter does an absolutely uh, amazing job. And I think, you know, they're really poised. Um, you know, you've heard me talk again about the, the new um, clubhouse over and over. Um, just the recruits that she has coming in. The fact that last year was just an unbelievable season. So much fun to watch. Uh, I think they, they've put themselves in a great spot. You know, Gonzo, who, who's going to be eligible this year, she's a transfer I think from Ole Miss, who has the potential to just rock the Big West. Her her skill and her bat are unbelievable. So, you know, make sure folks get out there this spring because she is going to be fun to watch. That Long Beach State Ole Miss connection, a feature in and of itself I might have to tackle this year. <laughs> number, uh, number five, the women's golf team won the Big West Championship for just the second time. It was their first Big West Championship since 2009. Uh, I'm noticing a theme as we move into the second half here that the women's programs at Long Beach State continue to be uh, leaders in the conference and the golf team obviously uh, up there with anybody else. Also, Joey Cerule, head coach, setting the precedent, coming in with the Big West trophy so we could all see it. Oh, and he true. brought food and beer. Yeah, that's true. Joey's still the best guest we've had on the show because he brought food. True <laughs> golf guy, though, right? Like food, beer, trophy. Yeah, right. This is what golf is all about. Right. It's a complete package. He, set, he sets the table, doesn't he? And, uh, you know, again, I keep saying it, but this is, this is the quality of programming coaches that we have. Uh, Joey is, is, is a top coach in the, in, in the West, in the country, has proven himself to be um, in my opinion, the best coach in the Big West, and have players like Jennifer Yu, who who is the individual champion, and then the team itself, uh, again, is a program that has the ability, much like our men's golf program, to really make some some noise, not just uh, regionally, but but in the country. Okay, into the final four. Number four story, women's soccer, the double Big West championship, regular season and tournament, to get back to the NCAA tournament again. That program, Mauricio Gracia just built it up and has, has, has sustained it. And much like the softball program, now they've got their locker room. They're undefeated in the locker room. They That's were able right. to christen it this year. <laughs> Played uh, four games in the locker room, and uh, it's so far so good. That corner of campus, racking it up, wins right now. Yeah, Mauricio, um, he is so much fun to watch. Um, and has such a passion for Long Beach. Uh, and this university, and you know, he really believes in, in what we, we always talk about, which is providing that best possible experience uh, on the pitch and in the classroom. And again, I think you're looking at a great, great season 2019 uh, fall campaign for them. They obviously are going to want to defend that trophy in the double double and double it up again. So, uh, you know, look for them to really keep uh, making some noise. Not the only team that had some uh, historic postseason success. The men's water polo team was in the NCAA tournament and beat Pomona Pitzer 12-5 in an NCAA tournament playing game for their first NCAA postseason win in 27 years. A little bit. Of, it's been a little bit of time, but they made that history. Had a great time talking to uh, Coach Gavin Arroyo and some of the players on the show after they got that done. But that was for sure uh, one of the big stories, biggest stories of the year. I had, I had a lot of fun. You know, I, I think we had a, an episode a little while ago where I talked about my experience on the men's water polo national committee. 
and uh, which calls for me to always kind of go to the national championship site. So to have our program be able to go there and to watch them, uh, you know, I think what they had five All-Americans uh, this year. Um, and again, uh, it's, they're just a fun team, a great group of guys. Yeah, and I think this is going to be the first chapter of a really cool story with that group coming For back. For sure. They got Stewie coming back as a senior and obviously Zahn coming back as a sophomore. They should be fun to watch. The number two story here at Long Beach State is the women's track and field team winning their first Big West championship, but more specifically, that 4 by 100 relay team of Hill, Davis, Golden, and Chambers went up to the NCAAs in Oregon, something that the program hadn't done in a few years. So that was really cool to see not only the team have success, but then the relay team and individuals also have success. Yeah, you know, Andy Scythe, who's our, our, our longtime coach, uh, you know, he's he's won a, a number of, of team championships on the men's side. But this, this first, which is still shocking to say, first women's title is unbelievable. And as you talked about, about that, that relay team, uh, Latanya Sheffield, who is, I'm going to say, one of the, the best, if not the best coach, not just collegiate, but um, at the professional level, you know, she, she's got that ability to coach not just collegiate athletes, but she's coached in the Olympics. Um, we're just really lucky to have a, a group of people who um, have now set history and want to repeat it. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be up in Eugene to see that team run, and uh, it was it was funny at some of the coaches' social events. Andy and Latanya, it was like a dad and his daughter. You know, that he just like people would come up to talk to her, and Andy would sort of slide in, "Hey, hey, how you doing?" You know, <laughs> she's a <laughs> no, rock star. No need to talk to one of the top assistant coaches <laughs> exactly. in the country here. You know, she's with us. We're yeah, good. no doubt. We want to we want to <laughs> keep her uh, as long as we can. Uh, I saw her the other day, and she was just so fired up for them to get underway. Well, it's worth mentioning. I mean, so many so many athletes coming back from that historic women's team. That should be a great year for them as well. And speaking of, I don't think this will come as any surprise to yeah, anyone. Yeah, what's, what's the, number one? Number, number one, <laughs> the school's first NCAA championship in 20 years, the men's volleyball team beating UCLA. Boy, that always feels good to say. Beating beating UCLA at UCLA in the Poly Pavilion in the NCAA title. It was the program's first NCAA championship since 1991. Uh, And this year, they're going to try and become the first ever Long Beach State program in any sport to win consecutive NCAA titles. Pretty crazy. With six All-Americans back, so that's not bad. In their own house. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best part of this is, you know, we've got work to do to get there, but if we do what we're capable of and stay healthy uh, is to give our fans uh, something special to watch in our own home. And, you know, again, I keep pushing people to come on out, buy season tickets, support this program, and show the rest of the country what makes the LB so so special. I, I will say, I, I came to almost all the exhibition matches that were in the pyramid before they started the the three week road trip that's gonna <laughs> gonna open the season. And all of the other coaches from the other teams were talking about being just kind of shocked by how many people were out to see an exhibition. I got an email from uh, the Alberta head coach. And he, he sent it to me and, uh, and Alan and essentially just said that he's, he was blown away by the commitment of the fans who showed up because he said, this is an exhibition, you know, what yeah. the heck, you know. 
and people just, were there and they knew who all the players were and you can kind of feel the tide building around that he, program, he was right blown now. away and he said you know that's what they aspire to be is what we've created and we're not satisfied with what we've got we want to keep building and, and make sure we are the best program in the country well uh it certainly doesn't hurt to start the season off ranked number one unanimously in the country with a three and O dominant three sweeps up at santa barbara for their season opening tournament i do want to plug you're listening to this on uh, tuesday or wednesday when it's come out on thursday the grunian gazette will have the sports section will be all men's volleyball we put together a special commemorative season preview for that team is going to be a really nice cover um, a ton of cool stories. JJ's breaking down the top matches to watch this season. We got some close-up shots of the ring, as well as some comments from Alan on what went into that design. Um, so if you're a Long Beach State fan, I've even got instructions in there on how to get on the bandwagon, there how to watch go. volleyball. If you're not, if you don't really know that much about the sport, but you just know, hey, this might be the most anticipated team that the school has ever had to be defending national champs with six All-Americans returning, knowing that you'll be hosting the Final Four in the national championship in the pyramid. We've been doing that Grunny and Gazette all Long Beach sports section for years now. The only other time we've ever done an all-section preview for a Long Beach State team was the 2011-2012 Long Beach State men's basketball team that went to the tournament. So we're one for one. And I would just, just trying to go two for listen, two. And I would just point out that those those years were so exciting with Casper and those guys. But, you know, they were not they were not the number one team in the country. And this is a program that had the only two college players that played as starters on the U.S. national team over the summer are playing in the pyramid right now. So you can save your money on your trip to Tokyo to, <laughs> to go see those guys when they're playing with the national team. Come see them in the pyramid for a, uh, a very good price and uh, and make sure to check out the coverage, obviously, at the 562.org as well. The men's volleyball team is on the road this week, but back at that aforementioned Walter Pyramid this weekend on Thursday, actually, excuse me, the women's basketball team is going to be at UC Riverside to open up Big West Conference play, but the men's team is going to be at Walter Pyramid on Saturday, 4 p.m., hosting UC Davis. If you remember, UC Davis went on to win the regular conference championship in part because of their overtime buzzer-beating win here <laughs> in my, Long it's Beach. It's my least favorite basketball game I've ever seen. TJ Shorts the <laughs> second hit that shot, and then they were like, oh, that kid should be player of the year. Uh, so uh, UC Davis coming in. They've been struggling a little bit this year, so Long Beach State, revenge on the mind. We are going to talk to two local basketball players in just a few minutes. Um, if you want to get tickets to that game against UC Davis or any game here at Long Beach State, you have to hit the box office at 562-985-4949. That's 985-4949. Okay, as we bring in our guest, I want to remind Long Beach State fans about the 562.org and all the coverage we're going to be providing. We've already talked about the print section, commemorative stuff we're doing. We've also got a daily newsletter video highlights, previews, recaps, photos, live updates on Twitter, and everything else that you want from the best sports coverage in Long Beach. We now welcome on our first special guest who hails from Fullerton, California, never heard of it, and currently ranks fourth in the Big West with 41.7% shooting from behind the three-point arc. It's Long Beach State women's basketball sophomore Naomi Hunt. Naomi, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? How was your holiday break? Um, pretty good, pretty relaxing so far, just getting better in the gym. Well, what's it like when it's in season, but there's no one on campus? Is it more difficult to kind of get yourself going at the beginning of the day, or is it easier that, you know, it's kind of empty around here? Um, personally, I think it's easier just to mainly focus on basketball rather than having school. 
like social life just it's just basketball so you, i think it's easier you get to be like a professional athlete for five weeks you're just like okay <laughs> cool I, I only have to worry about practice in the game that's easy parking uh was also much easier coming over here today <laughs> than it usually is uh first and foremost how did you survive and get out of fullerton <laughs> what do you have against Fullerton? <laughs> Everything? JJ is a Long Beach State guy through and through. He has like a real Fullerton beat. But, but I, I also I, have experience. I almost went there and I worked there. So okay. I know it enough to know that I never want to know anymore. Okay. So yeah. to, to let us know so that the, the youth of the future can follow your path. <laughs> I, don't, I just, I don't know. It was just day by day, I Hard guess. work. Yeah. Dedication. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tro- you know, Troy High School, obviously great women's programs over there. I think I probably covered you playing. You, I, feel, I feel like you guys played poly two or three we times did. a year yeah. for like your sophomore, junior, and senior year for sure. Yeah, and you were balling out too. It's like 17 points a game, seven rebounds a game. Yeah. You switched schools as well, right? You were I at did. Brea? Yeah. Was that difficult? Um, Not really because I the atmosphere at Brea was terrible, like – <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean, but it, I wasn't comfortable there. So yeah. moving schools was probably better. Right. Okay. So for obvious reasons, you chose Long Beach State. Yeah. But what went into that? Because you were obviously um, recruited by some other Big West schools as well. Yeah. Um, I just like the location, the fact of that I'm close to home, sort of, and I I like the atmosphere here. So I chose Long Beach State. Um, I talked to you guys before the season last year, and it was really, for your class, it's really an interesting proposition because there were so few players here when you guys got here. I talked to Jeff about this, too. It's almost like you guys were establishing a new college program, right? Yeah. Um, what's the difference between practice this year and last year, now that you guys have all been in the system and the coaching mm-hmm. staff and players have all been there for a little longer? Um, this year, I think we kind of mended together a little bit faster. Last year, we had more upperclassmen. This year, not really, but... The fact that a lot of us, or more of us than last year, have been through the program for a whole year, it kind of helped us and helped us help the younger, the younger players. So, is this season kind of going the way you thought it would? Like, if you could guess where you guys would be in your progression right before conference is starting, are you where you thought you would be? Um, I would think in the wins loss columns we would have been a little bit better, but um, personally, I think just getting better as a team, getting better as like chemistry wise, I think it is where I thought it was going to be. Um, I know when I was talking to uh, to Jody and also Jeff, you know, when you were still in high school, one thing that really impressed me was for a player of your size to have a, a true pure jump shot. Um, I know that's something you've worked on a lot. JJ mentioned obviously you're shooting really well this year. Mm-hmm. What do you think is key to that? You know, I mean, what what was the number one thing for you? Did you just start on working on an actual form young, or, or what kind of brought you to the point that you are as a shooter now? Um, just getting in the gym, honestly, and then confidence, just knowing that every shot's going to go in. I used to think, like, in high school, in my early years of high school, I didn't have much confidence in my jump shot. And then after, like, junior or senior year, I just thought, like, every shot's going to go in. And if it didn't, it doesn't really matter. So that really helped me. Technically, is there a key to being a good three-point shooter? Not technically. No? <laughs> I think, no, yeah, personally, I think anybody could be a good three-point shooter if they put the time and effort into it and have a good mindset. Even with my elbow flailing and my feet <laughs> well, all over the place. Can, no, you can't be a good three-point shooter. She just but said. she's saying, like, anyone in a philosophical sense. There's some bad forms out there, but good percentages with that bad form, so you well, who, can be. Who's got the best three-point stroke? Who's, who, do you, who do you look up to? Oh. Don't um, say Steph Curry. No. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I've know. I've always been a fan of the lefty stroke, but that's yeah. just because it looks different. Yeah, no, I feel so. like lefty strokes look better than righty strokes. Right, Ray Allen says b- being probably yeah. the, the best one. Yeah. What about right now? Who's 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 right now? Um, 
Wow. Who do you that's like, Mike? That, yeah, that's a good question. He's got the best uh, three-point <laughs> stroke in the game right now. Uh, well, I mean, I've been watching a lot of Rockets games lately, and James Harden's shooting like 70% in December. Or and James Harden <laughs> is one of those guys where he lifts, and you're like, he's way off balance. And then he lets the ball go, and you're like, no, he's not. Right. <laughs> how, does, how does he do that? For sure. So, Naomi, did you grow up watching a lot of basketball, or are you just in the gym, um, or are you a student of the game, or more just enjoy playing it? I just play it. Like, I watch some games, but not, not a lot. That I should, but um, no, I just play it for the for the most part. So if you don't watch that much basketball, is watching film on your next opponent a different experience than let's say if somebody's like a basketball junkie and they're watching it all the time? Um, yeah, I think so because we break down every play, every like pretty much every second of every play. So so you're kind of watching it a little bit different then. Yeah. That's interesting. So you've gone through uh, conference play once already uh, last year. You guys are about to start. You're at Riverside on Thursday. What do you think is key in the Big West? You guys in the non-league schedule played, obviously, some Pac-12 opponents. You played some teams that you guys obviously physically sort of matched up really well against. What do you think going into conference this time? What do you think you guys need to do every night to uh, to be successful? Um, I think conference is a little bit harder just because we know each other more. And I think in general, like, our points – everybody's points are like lower but I think if we really just stick to our scout and just execute more than we have been I think we'll be fine is that more defensive or or offensive I know Jeff kind of builds defense up yeah Um, do you you think uh do you think you do you think it helps you first of all to have had to have gone through the conference once already Mm -hmm. and um and you know how do you think that the way you guys are playing defense right now which has been so much better the last couple weeks sets you up for a good run in the big west yeah, it helps. Um, I think knowing what defensive defenses worked last year against certain opponents and certain players who are still in um, college, I think that helps a lot. And, you know, just like just us who have been through it last year, just telling the younger freshmen and, and stuff that and the transfers like what works with what, what works well with other teams. I think that helps and that will help us get a lot of wins. You just mentioned remembering stuff from last year. Do you have you have a pretty good memory? Like when you're scouting a team, you're like, oh, I, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Does that work in school as well probably, right? <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. What are, you, uh, what are you studying? Uh, Psychology. Yeah? You, yeah. Do you, you, you like your classes so far? Yeah. They're challenging, but it's cool. Yeah. It's interesting. I always wanted to do psychology. Writing and psychology. Yeah. I like it was a good mix. For sure. Never had the patience, though. Uh, that's my favorite building on campus too, the psych building. I like that. Um, good point. So very when, good point. When you you guys finished the season so strong last year, and then obviously the tournament didn't go the way that you guys wanted it to. What do you think is the key that you're that's sort of on your to do list through the Big West schedule to get ready for the tournament? Since it is such a such a high pressure thing, it's kind of like you can have a great season or you could have a bad season, but ultimately it comes down to kind of that one week. Yeah, um, I think just building on playing each team every time just like building on that and learning from each game and then applying that to the tournament so we can get better so before we get let you go we do this with everybody little favorites right usually we do recommendations but i'll let you guys off the hook today so what is your favorite so what's your favorite sport besides basketball um softball i used to play that oh really yeah i did like all the way through yeah till i got to high school do you go over to the softball complex and watch the uh Watch the girls go at it. A little bit. Yeah? Yeah. We'll see you out there this year. They're, they're <laughs> going to be very, very good. Yeah. Uh, how about food? What's your favorite food? Ooh, um, wings. Wings? Yeah. Spicier the better? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> now, here's a real question about wings. Do you go with the ranch or 
blue cheese dipping sauce. Oh, ranch. Blue cheese is disgusting. See, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's disgusting, but I would no, agree no, that it's, it's disgusting. Right. You think it's disgusting yes. too? Thank yes. you. Right. She's shooting 41%. Strawpole. She's 100% on wings. <laughs> Strawpole says blue ranch, no go. Uh, do you have a favorite movie or like a movie that gets you really pumped up? Um, I like any Friday. Any of the Fridays are funny. Oh, oh yeah. the Friday movies. Yeah, yeah, I was like, no, it's called three. Any Given Sunday. But you're talking about the Friday <laughs> movies, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that, too. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, But Friday, uh, only the original Friday for me. How about music? What's your favorite music? Um, R&B. Any Anything. one favorite artist or one favorite song? Um, Artist? I like LMA a lot. But oh, okay. I don't have a favorite song. I just, okay. Yeah. All right, last question. Who is your favorite social media follow? Ooh, um, Who do you have to check in on every day? Don't say Jeff Kamen. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, um, Jeff's Twitter is dry. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Um, I would, I would say Kyle Kuzma just because his, yeah, just because of his like his outfit posts, and then I like reading the comments because they they are like roasting him, but he's defending himself. So I I think it's interesting. For sure. Okay, that's yeah. a good one. I like that. That is a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Naomi, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank Obviously, you. best of luck the rest of the way, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. All right, we're now going to welcome on our second special guest, also about to open up Big West Conference play, hailing from Oakland, California, currently ranking fourth in the Big West with over seven rebounds a game, Long Beach State men's basketball senior forward, my guy Timmy. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. So for the record, Temadayo Youssef, we're saying that and pronouncing that correctly, yeah, right? That's exactly right. I'm sure you've heard plenty of different <laughs> versions. Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> As a Cardavasio, I sympathize. I got Mike... G every time a substitute teacher would come in or something. People usually didn't even try it. <laughs> when did they start Temi? Or did you start Temi in order to avoid confusion? Um, I can't even remember when it started, man. I might have been in seventh or sixth grade. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I just kind of rolled with it. I mean, I never really tell anybody how to pronounce it. You know, people usually just go with Timmy just because they hear it, you know. So yeah, yeah, that makes it a little bit easier. I just roll with it. So did you have a good holiday break? Yeah, yeah, it's been cool. Just been relaxing, good practice and all that. Uh, is the season going the way you thought it would be going right now, headed into conference play? Um, I would say as far as, you know, our progress, I would say us getting better at a good time as far as conference is about to start. You know, we notice ourselves getting better. That's what I hoped for. You know, that's what I was looking for as far as our team. Um, obviously, we lost a lot of close games this year that we know we were supposed to win. And we know that we put ourselves in situations to win. But, you know, we also have those um, boundaries or, you know, things to overcome. So as far as winning and losing, I, we're not where I want to be. But as far as our improvement and our, you know, showing signs of, Knowing how to win, uh, where, where I want to be. I think coaches sometimes are split about whether you take more from a win or a loss. What, what do you think you as a player and maybe your teammates as well take when you lose a game, you lose a close game and you're frustrated? How can that be helpful You know, the next day at practice or, or you know, whatever and teaching you guys how to get better? Well, I mean, obviously no one likes to lose, but when you lose and it's easier to see um, the – problem that needs to be fixed you know it kind of gives you that little bit of an edge or you know a little bit more focus you know maybe if we won this game we wouldn't have been able to focus on our defense or our rebounding but since we lost we know okay this is what we need to work on and we're going to put more of an effort towards it to get better in the long run 
Is it a John Wooden quote? I've never lost. I've only learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, that, that one. was, you know, BS, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of good coaches, uh, Bobby Braswell has come into the program and kind of taken over the defensive side of the ball. How has Braz changed the way you guys practice day to day? Um, I would say, first of all, we all love Braz. You know, he's a real funny, you know, he, he loves us and we love him. So, you know, the, the respect and the relationship is a good one. Um, and I would think that he's made us kind of enjoy playing defense. You know, we have fun with it. You know, we're we're talking more and more engaged when we do defensive drills or, you know, defensive contests and things like that. So he makes it more fun and he makes us want to actually do it, want to take more pride in it. And, you know, every now and then we kind of slip up, you know, give up a lot of points, uh, games here and there. And he has to constantly remind us. But, you know, we know that it's all for the better of the team. And we know that if we focus on that and listen to the things that he's telling us, you know, it'll make us real successful. You, you mentioned playing with pride. One thing I really love about your game and I've loved in all the time you've been playing in the pyramid is you seem like a guy to me who takes a real pride in rebounding the ball on the defensive end. And I, I, I think that's a little bit of a lost art in basketball. Obviously a lot of guys your size in high school would think that they're point guards. Um, you know, they, they don't want to go inside. They don't want to, they don't want to rebound and bang. What do you think is the biggest key either physically or mentally, to being a great rebounder? Um, I think it's mostly mental because, you know, there's guys that are 6'9", 6'10", can't rebound, and there's guys that are 6'6", 6'5", 6'7", like me, that rebound the ball. And, you know, obviously I'm strong. I'm, you know, stronger. You know, I could hold my position. But I really think it's a mental thing, you know. There's times where I – think to myself, I need to go get this rebound, and there's times where I won't crash the board. So, you know, it's really just telling yourself every time, you know, go get the rebound, you know, create an opportunity for yourself. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. And, you know, also in all parts of the game, it's really just mental, just thinking, go do it, you know. Who do you think is the greatest rebounder of all time? Did you have, like, one guy you Greatest up rebounder to? of all time? Yeah. Um, I mean, I just recently, like, it's crazy you asked me that. I just recently was just watching some Dennis Rodman. I mean, yes. I don't, you know, I wasn't around watching basketball around his time, but yeah. just seeing he didn't really, like, obviously he was a great athlete, great size, but a lot of his rebounds was just second, third, fourth effort. You mm -hmm. know, it was just an effort thing. As you can imagine, uh, we were around when when Rodman was playing. Guys mm -hmm. like Coach Braz, I mean, that like, he's the only person they talk about. He'd be like, you know, Michael Jordan's on the team too. And they're mm -hmm. like, you, no one here is Michael Jordan, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> try and be Dennis Rodman instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you have a favorite player growing up, somebody you looked up to? Um, growing up, well, uh, obviously, I was always bigger, so, you know, and, you know, my parents being from Nigeria, you know, their favorite player was Hakeem Olajuwon, so, you know, all I'm seeing is Hakeem Olajuwon, Hakeem Olajuwon, and, you know, me, younger, young, growing up around the time, you know, Kobe and Shaq was doing their thing, you know, okay, I'm like, nah, Shaq, man, Shaq, Shaq is that guy, you know what I'm saying, so they had to uh, pull up the tapes, you know, the uh, the finals when Hakeem towards Shaq, so. The dream, yeah, man. Yeah, so ever since then, you know, it's kind of, i kind of been a really, really big Hakeem fan, because, you know, the way he just scored in the post is it's amazing you know and uh but growing up you know he wasn't really playing so right I would say growing up my favorite player was probably like Amari Stoudemire because he was just a monster yeah Amari was a monster uh Penny was probably the that guy for us but for me 
Olajuwon is on all of my all-time lists. Like, mm-hmm. you know, on Twitter, they'd be like, who's your starting five or who's your starting three? Mm-hmm. Hakeem is in there every time, number yeah. one, with a bullet. Yeah. I think he's got the greatest footwork greatest, ever. The greatest. Ever in any sport, really, mm-hmm. with his size. And how many, time, how many times have you heard a guy, like, play elite one sport and then just go to another sport and be elite? Like, he was an all-world soccer player. Mm-hmm. And then they were just like, this guy's really big. You should probably try basketball. <laughs> It yeah, that was out. my first sport, actually. I played soccer first. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What position? Uh, forward, I just used to score. You just monster? Drogba? Yeah. I mean, I never really thought, like, at first, you know, I never really understood why I would score so easily, but I just, you know, I was bigger than everybody. You get back out on the pitch sometimes, kick nah, it around? I haven't played soccer since I started playing basketball. You want to you go after when the season's you? over? No, no. That's, it. that's conditioning hell compared to even basketball. When, uh, when, how old were you when you started playing basketball? When did you switch? Um, I started playing basketball in fifth grade. So after I started playing basketball, I fell in love. I never played nothing else. I know my, uh, my wife's best friend is Nigerian. I know the Nigerian national soccer team is like, the mm-hmm. thing out of mm-hmm. Nigeria, your parents yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. I mean, you guys watch oh, all the yeah, World yeah, Cup yeah. games and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad loves it. He's a. I think that's why I was playing at first because you know he probably thought I would do that, but that was the future he had for you. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> then I, you know, I started growing. Yeah. Um. So you're from Oakland. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up in Oakland? Oh, Fond memories. Uh, I love Oakland, man. I. Every time I go back, I never want to leave. But then I, you know, I forget I'm living at home, so you know, <laughs> I gotta come back here. I, you know, I stay by myself. But I love it, man. I'm, I miss it all the time. It's just, it's just great vibes, great energy. You know, the, all my friends are there. You know, all my friends still live there, and it's just where I remember growing up. I mean, I lived in the same house. You know, still live in the same house ever since I was born. So, do you see similarities between Long Beach and Oakland? No. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, well, I'll say it like this. It's a it's a similarity in the comparison between San Francisco and Oakland and Los Angeles and Long Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So as far as, like, Long Beach being the more chill, relaxed city, not too much going on, and L.A. being real busy, a lot of things going on, right. a lot of things to do. It's a little less stuck up here you than know, there and in Oakland exactly. yeah. San Francisco Exactly, well. exactly. Uh, you a Raiders fan? Yeah, sadly. Okay. Uh, first <laughs> of John, all, are you a John Gruden fan? <laughs> is, if Marshawn Lynch were to run for mayor, would you vote for him? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and second of all, if you were, if you owned the Raiders for a day and you could figure out where they're going to play their games next season, next season, yeah, what would be? Because they're going to get kicked out of the Coliseum, or mm-hmm. the Coliseum's going to finally collapse, or whatever's going to happen, mm-hmm. and they can't play in Las Vegas yet. So where would you have them play their games? I would have them play play their games. Shoot, just to keep them in town, I let them play at uh, Laney College. It's a JUCO, the, one of the best JUCOs in uh, That's Oakland. a great answer. If, yeah. the, if the Chargers can play in a soccer stadium, <laughs> yeah, that's the a great Raiders answer. can play at Laney. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we asked that. Um, you've obviously been through the slings and arrows of the Big West. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between the way you have to play to be successful in the regular season, night in, night out, than there is in the tournament? Like, do you have to play a different style of game as a team, or do you think that the tournament is just a more condensed version of what the three months ends up being? Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I think that you don't really have to change your play. You know, you just got to play every game like it's your last. I mean, just how I feel like that's how you got to play a conference, you know. Because I just feel like me personally, like the conference, since there's so many teams that are – kind of local other than Hawaii, you know, it's kind of like a built-in hatred between everybody, you know. So 
no one wants to lose. And then even if you lose, you get that rematch, and no one wants to lose that one. So it's like you got to bring it. You got to be ready. And anything can happen on any night. Everybody can lose to anybody. You kind of mentioned that payback feel, which I think is how probably a lot of your guys' fans feel about Davis coming to the pyramid mm-hmm. <laughs> this weekend. How excited are you for that game? Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, we already – I mean, everybody, everybody was on the team. I mean, that was here last year, mostly everybody. You know, we remember that feeling. You know, we know how how bad we wanted to win that game, especially how Gabe played. You know, a historic night. We should have ended it with a win, and we know we we smoked it. So we know we we got something to do this weekend and then get it done. So before we let you go, we got to do a couple favorites like we did with Hunt. Uh, first and foremost, what's your favorite sport besides basketball and soccer? Um, I would say football. Okay. You got a favorite college team? Yeah, college football? Yeah. Nah, not really. I mean, nah, not really. I just like I like certain players that are doing well, you know. I think we're recording this before the national championship. Yes. Yeah. Would you like to make a Would you like to make a prediction? Prediction? Yeah. Um, Everybody's gonna know whether you're right or wrong. I don't mean I I really don't have no um, preference, but I mean, honestly, they both undefeated, man. I can't even. Pick one, man, because they both teams have a chance to win the game. Honestly. I'll make a prediction right now to an MVP. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I've got Bama. So. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie? Do you got a favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie is uh, Django Unchained. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Favorite food or least favorite food? Uh, wings was my favorite, too. Really? Yeah. It's just wings night. And it's spicy, the better? Nah, sweeter, the better. Oh, what's, what's your favorite sauce for the wings? Mm, well... Okay, never. I can't even say sweeter the better, but garlic parmesan is my favorite. Wings, and then probably like some sweet and sweet and spicy. Wingstop is your favorite spot. Mm, yeah, but they is too expensive. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite social media follow? Man, lately I've been. Um, Famous Los has been getting me, man. He's he's hella funny, man. <laughs> I I just always been watching it because you know it's basketball season, so you know yeah yeah those yeah. things is it's, it's jokes, man. I just like to laugh, so I, other than that, I don't really care, man. I just scroll on my timeline, whatever makes me laugh. <laughs> Good stuff, man. I hope we're doing a lot of laughing uh, this season through the Big West Conference schedule and beyond. Temi, thanks for taking the time to join Thank us, you. man. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks for having me. Okay, our thanks again to Temi and Naomi for being on the show. Be sure to go check their games out as they get Big West play going. But, uh, Andy, welcome back on. How excited are you for these uh, these Big West games? Yeah, everybody gets to hit reset right that's now. That's right. That's right. This is where it, it the rubber hits the road, as they said. And, uh, you know, I think um, coming out of December, uh, our teams are, are, you know, the trajectory is going the way we want it to. Uh, I think we're going to be very competitive. Uh, again, it comes down to who's probably the healthiest um, as, we, as we go through these, these conference schedules. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun, and I hope the fans come out and support uh, those student-athletes. Okay, well, we're going to end as we always do with our recommendations. Uh, I see from his notes for the show that J.J. stealing mine. So, J.J., why don't you go ahead and I'm go I'm stealing yours. <laughs> you always come up with yours hey, the last He's stealing mine, anyways. too. I'll just get that in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mine is, uh, mine is pretty simple. My two favorite comedians probably ever, not counting Jerry Seinfeld, would be Conan O'Brien and Pete Holmes. Conan O'Brien and Pete Holmes, also friends. You like tall white guys from Boston. And Conan O'Brien. <laughs> 
is got a new podcast called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And I think it's his fifth or sixth episode is with Pete Holmes. Damn. So it's really just worlds colliding you for your boy. It, I have twice. I sent him the t- Andy. I sent him the text, and he was like, "I'm saving it." Yeah, like, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I've listened to it twice. I've watched his, uh, Pete Holmes uh, HBO special a couple times as well. Check it out. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Not even the Pete Holmes episode. They're all great. <laughs> I read. Uh, Char got me a book for Christmas. She got me the. Uh, well, actually, she got me Red Dead Two for Christmas, and that's basically what I've been doing. So <laughs> interesting choice. I'm gonna pretend I played a. I, I was reading a book, but really, I've been playing video games. When most you nights. have been with somebody as long as you and Shar have been together, yeah. when you give the gift, you know what you're giving, right? She basically said, "I'm giving Mike the ability to just check out." For yeah, multiple hours at a time. Well, the kids are at school and she's at work, and you know, famously, you and I don't really work that hard. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I got time. I gave her the new Pokemon game for the Switch, so it was good. Oh, see, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, here, mindlessness. Right, you earned it. Andy, what do you got? I like. I'm gonna cheat a little bit. One, because you brought up the podcast stuff. Uh, if you're into the podcast, one I really like is stuff you should know. Oh nice. yeah, and love that show. it's really really good. Um, just crazy different topics and and stuff you think about but you never knew about. So, uh, but the real one is maybe you know maybe not a real exciting one, but one I was just walking across campus today, and that's to walk across campus. If you're an alum out there and you haven't been on campus in recent years or a long time, this place looks drastically different. Uh, they're going to be opening up a new student success center. Um, you know, there's just construction all over this campus. And with uh, school being out right now, it's a good time to get parking and, and saying, come on out. I was and, about to say, as much as the fact that the campus looks different, you can also park here much more easily. Uh, I, yes, uh, I would say winter break runs on campus are a, a long-loved tradition of mine. It's like, oh, look, there's room. <laughs> exactly. But if you can sneak out a little early, come out to one of our uh, one of our, our games here, volleyball, basketball. And if you get here a little early, Walk around campus, go over to the bookstore, pick up some some beach gear. But it really is amazing to see how much this place has changed uh, in recent years. Boy, are we on the same wavelength today. I literally did that. I parked on the other side of campus so that I could walk the long way and I walk like back it. the long way. I like way. it. You did the Macintosh of the pyramid? Yeah, 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 ex- sure. yeah exactly. Exactly. When you and I come on campus to talk at some of the uh, classes about journalism and stuff like that, that's part of my favorite part is walking on campus and just kind of feeling like it. It was when it well, used to be. Well, Andy mentioned all the construction. I always end up cussing at the kids about how much technology they have in their classroom. Uh, we just had some, you know, like fold-up tables and a whiteboard or whatever. It's like, they put computers in front of you? Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. Different world. <laughs> Very different. Well, make sure you're on your computer a lot this week because there's a lot coming at you from Long Beach State Athletics and the 562.org. So for producer Roger and everybody else who helps with the LB Fee Show, for Andy, for Mike, for JJ. We will see you guys in the stands this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care.